When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor, and Dennis Day with you this morning. I, for one, did not get a lot of sleep last night, and I'm running on nothing but coffee and energy, and I am fired up today. We've got the hurricane trade. We've got the sports trade, or lack thereof. Abbott Labs is on fire, thanks to their headline from last night. We've got earnings to discuss. Abbott Crown, me and Fitch made money. How did they make money last quarter? I don't know. We'll talk about all of this and more. Our guest today is Craig Johnson. He is the managing director and technical market strategist at Piper Sandler. He will join us at 8.35. He was bullish on our show in April, bullish on our show in May. He was right. We'll get him on here today and see where he stands now. Uh, hit that, smash that like button. I was told that I'm not a true YouTuber unless I say smash the like button. So I'm saying it now. Smash that like button. Thank you to everyone who does that. And now I will throw it to Joel. And Joel, update us on what is happening here in the overnight trading session in the S&P futures. Joel. I'm so excited for today's show. Okay. I, I just, based on the pre-pre-market show, that was our best pre-pre-market show ever. And the excitement and the ideas flowing today, I mean, if you are not listening to the show, I'm, I'm going to even have to tweet this out in a minute. We got a lot to cover, folks. Uh, potential double top. How many times have you heard me say that? Uh, Spoo's got up to 80, 50, 81 yesterday. We got to uh, 80 and a half. And I will share my chart to illustrate this for you. Uh, and then we sold off a little bit. Your pre-market low comes in at 68.50. That's really no big deal. I'm not looking for any downside in the market until we get below 34.65, 75. Uh, story's the same in crude, $43. It just doesn't want to get away from 43. Traded 43.08, 43.50 high, nothing going on there. Uh, gold cannot follow through on that rally from yesterday. It was up over $30, down $4 today. So it looks like we have a little bit of a trading range developing in gold. Silver, ah, that's down. Not much though. Uh, just uh, 3.4 cents or 3 cents called it. 27.57. Bitcoin right in the middle of the 11,000 to 12,000 range. Not much to talk about there. Triple D, did you have a busy night last night? So busy. Where do you want to go? Because so here, here's the catalyst for today. You got a hurricane trade. 
still going on. You've got the sports boycott here where you've got a lot of DraftKings, Penn, all getting hit, obviously, with the cancellation of the NBA games and the MLB games last night. And then you've got this continued tech run here. I mean, the cloud stocks yesterday were just melting up. I mean, we even talked CRM, and it was 250, and I was like, you know what's kind of market? It's probably going to continue. I did not see it tacking on another 30 points almost, CRM. So unbelievable moves there, too. Where do you want to start? I'm going to let Mr. Israel go so fired up. When I came on, I'm gonna let him start. Well, forget we've got this Abbott Labs headline from last night. Abbott Labs our production for their Jackson Hole. Yeah, their five dollar fifteen minute COVID test uh, that got the fast track emergency youth authorization from the FDA last night. So a lot of headlines. Uh, well, let's start with the hurricane trade here. Uh, sure. Hurricane trade is on today. Generac, Home Depot, Lowe's, the three stocks that we tend to group together mm-hmm. uh, as far as this trade. I, I did see that that storm uh, was downgraded to a, to a Category 2 uh, this morning, Hurricane Laura. Um, by, Named after your wife, Dennis. I know. I know. It's going to be a – look out. No comment. No comment. She comes of, after me all the time here. but <laughs> A lot of damage here. About 100 million people without power in Texas and Louisiana. Storm obviously made landfall last night. Uh, so Generac, Lowe's, Home yeah. Depot in focus this morning as that storm sort of makes its way through the uh, the, the Gulf. I bought all three of those stocks yesterday for the, for the swing trading portfolio, Home Depot, Lowe's, and GNRC. I've sold them all. Why have I already sold? Because typically on the day it makes landfall, the trade tends to reverse. So I was able to make money. Obviously, there were good trades on all of them. They ran up. I sold them last night. And then I was able to get out of some GNRC um, even this morning and actually went short it this morning because somebody got really excited and bid it all the way up to 195. So it's already down at 193. I'm fully out, so I can fully uh, talk about the trades here. Um, If you're coming in now, again, I think you're late to the party because I've traded this hurricane trade for 20 years. It's like clockwork. You buy Home Depot, Lowe's, GNRC. There's a few other smaller ones you can play with too. Um, A couple days before the hurricane hits, hurricane night when it's coming in, usually the stocks will get bet up that night. Sometimes the next morning there's some follow through, but then usually after the open, the trade tends to start to come off. So I don't know. It's obviously dependent on how much damage there is and have we got any reports on how, how much damage there is here, or is it too early yet? Yeah, I mean, like I said, a, a half a million people who don't have power. Uh, and that's why GNRC has bit up here again. But remember, GNRC ran up $5 yesterday in anticipation that there was probably going to be some power loss here. So some of this baked in. You, you, it ran to 195 I don't think it's getting back to 195 And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if the trade turned red. It's been 192 and a half right now. And anything, you know, these things can, you know, it's funny. You've got a different uh, group of investors that haven't been here before. you got the Robinhood traders, even like Kramer was talking about it yesterday. And, you know, they, they can drive price. And, you know, you get the story. If it gets talked about in the media a lot, maybe it's going to do some funny things. But I can tell you from a historical perspective, you want to own these stocks before the hurricane makes landfall. Once it makes landfall, the trade tends to come off. I don't know if it's going to follow that story here today, but that's why I've sold them all because I know, you know from the quantitative look and looking back at my statistics that it doesn't pay to own these after the hurricane makes landfall, which it did last night. 
and also, you know, anyone in our chat, if you're in the area, uh, Baton, I see we have someone from Baton Rouge. Uh, if you're in the area, I mean, what, let us know. Be from, safe, from, yeah. From, yeah, for, yeah, be for, safe. For I sure. hope you're safe uh, and, and all your loved ones. And, and let us know how it is because, uh, you know, I, I see things, you know, on Twitter like everyone else, but, you know, it's not the same as being there. So uh, I hope everyone's safe and I hope the damage isn't as bad as uh, some projections made it out to be. At least it only hit us a four. They were worried it was going right. to hit us a five. Right. So right. I guess that's some good news. Obviously, you know, with that many people out of power, and obviously they know there's going to be some flooding and some damage, yeah, it, you just hope lives aren't lost. The main thing, like, you can rebuild buildings. You can rebuild infrastructure. You cannot rebuild lives. So that's what we hope is that everybody stays safe and the, li- and, and the loss of life will be limited. So, but, and, and also, you know, if you want to talk the other stocks, because we talked GNRC, Home Depot, Lowe's, you can look the other way and, you know, the insurers sometimes get smacked on it. We saw that happening a little bit yesterday. AIG had a little bit of a rough day. You have reinsurers um, that can sometimes take a direct hit. Or oh, that uh, uh, AIG, that's not, that's an ugly looking chart. Where's that stock been? Does it know about a bull market here? That no, AIG? it's a financial, Joel. The financials oh. don't know that we're in a bull market. So yeah. any financial stock. They don't like financial stocks. So we've seen this when uh, we've been talking about this underperformance of the financials and AIG fits that bill completely. Um, c- could it reverse here today? I mean, I had a little bit of an ugly day ahead of the hurricane. I, I don't think this is, this isn't Katrina. So this isn't, well, whoa, what's the insurance loss is going to be? Yes, there'll be some. And you can think of Allstate. You can think of, you know, the other ones. Allstate was down yesterday ahead of it too. Travelers Group. I do have a position still on Travelers. Um, AIG and um, obviously uh, the reinsurers are a direct hit. But again, I don't think the damage is as severe as maybe some people had thought it could be. So that's why sometimes it's trade can reverse as well. All right. Did it, uh, did it do a lot of the technicals here? Because I just think if you're in these stocks, you just want to keep an eye on the pre-market high for continued follow-through. Same with Home Depot trading in at all-time high, uh, lows in an all-time high, full disclosure. I'm long lows and I'm not selling it. Dennis, don't ask me if I'm selling it. Um, Joel doesn't sell. He only no. buys. He doesn't have uh, a sell button on his What screen. else? What else are these stocks? Um, Home Depot, Lowe's. Home Depot, Lowe's, GNRC are the ones you quickly think about. The main ones, about. okay. And then, okay. you know, you can get into some smaller trades, some of the construction companies, you know, the shingle companies. I mean, if you really want to reach, I don't think the market's going to reach that far, though. I, I, Like I said, when I was playing this yesterday, those were the three stocks. I it was new. GNRC, yeah. Home Depot, and Lowe's. I was able to make some money in all three of them. And then, like I said, I just got overexcited this morning. Somebody's buying GNRC up at 195 at 7 o'clock. I was like, okay, sold. So um, that just seemed like it was down. And now it's in the 192 handle. So this trade is obviously still on to a certain extent this morning. But again, it's light volume in the pre-market. Does it reverse after the open? Sometimes it does. So I'll just say be careful chasing the stocks here because it could reverse. Okay. All right. The the other big story from last night. This is big. What was the cancellation of the Bucks game? And obviously then the cancellation of all the NBA games and then the cancellation of the MLB games. Give us the details here, Mr. Israel. Yeah, uh, so this is how uh, convicted uh, I, I was in this idea. This has never happened before, but I actually, at I think it was around 5 or 5.30, I texted Dennis, and I said, Dennis. Go short DraftKings. You need to short DraftKings. I have never texted Dennis after <laughs> right before. <laughs> I said, Dennis, you need to short DraftKings. He, he responded within seconds is that I already have. <laughs> um, you guys but, are an algorithm. <laughs> you guys, great minds think alike sometimes. 
Go so, ahead. Go ahead. So essentially, I'm sure you all know the news by now. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, um, uh, uh, did not uh, chose not to come out on the court last night yeah. and, and now play their game. Yeah. Uh, and, and that decision, uh, what is essentially a, a, a strike, that's what it is. Uh, that that decision spread. Uh, to other major sports, uh, to baseball. There are some games last night that were not played. Uh, football, some conversations are happening. Uh, and so there is an NBA Board of Governors meeting at 11 a.m. this morning, and they're going to talk about it. There was an informal meeting last night with an informal vote, I believe, and LeBron James voted to can't just cancel the rest of the season. Um, and my point in texting Dennis was the fact that you even have to ask, the fact that it is even, it is even a possibility – that the sports that are back uh, for the season, basketball, baseball, and then soon to be football, that they could cancel their season outright. The fact that you even have to ask that question makes me bearish. It's uh, scary uh, for uh, draft. Um, enough, enough to shore DraftKings. I have not yeah. done, done so, but uh, DraftKings and then the broadcasters, Viacom, Fox, FOX, or FOXA, uh, and Disney. Uh, Viacom got an upgrade today. It's the reason why it's not trading uh, I would think Fox is trading down here this morning, uh, just slightly though, and just on some odd lots. So I don't think they're going to slam it. DraftKings is the pure play. Like people think, I thought it. That's the one I thought of right away too. I didn't think of you know the Viacoms and the Foxes. I was thinking DraftKings right away. And it's such an interesting story here because CNBC was giving out gifts last night. So DraftKings, we give out T-shirts. They give out gifts. They were giving out gifts. Um, the reason they were giving out gifts is they were propping up DraftKings, and it was just a great shorting opportunity to fade them. Um, and I'll tell you the story. Bring up the after-hours chart, and you'll see a I lot of whipsaws and DKNG. So show the DKNG after-hours, and it tanks on the initial headline. The Bucks games canceled, and obviously more NBA games followed. It tanks about a dollar down into the thirty-seven handle. And then you'll see this blue candle. You can point it out, Joel. Go point out the candle if you can. The one I'm. Uh, oh no, no. You're looking at today's action. We got to look at last night. So Joel wow. gets the pre-market right here, after right hours. Right here, right here, right there. Yep. So you see the yep. big ugly pink candle. Point to that one. That was the one where the initial headline knocks it down. The next blue candle, where DraftKings spikes up and goes into the 39 handle. CNBC advertises Dan Niles is coming on CNBC in a few minutes, and he's going to talk about his bullish thesis for DraftKings. And DraftKings goes from the 30 low 37s all the way up or mid 37s it rallies a dollar and a half just on that plug and goes all the way up to 39 dollars and change and i was like are you kidding me i mean here you've got you know a very bearish thing happening here for DraftKings, and cnbc pumps it up anyways they talk with dan niles and it stays up there for most of the segment they don't get to it and dan niles never even mentions DraftKings. So then you see DKNG tank again, all the way down into the 37 handle. Once again, falls a buck. So then what do they do? They've got to talk about it. And they said, Guy Dami, Tim Seymour, what are you doing? Guy Dami says, I would buy DraftKings. Tim Seymour says, I would buy DraftKings. And DraftKings goes all the way back up to the high 38s. I was like, are you kidding me? They're giving you it again. So I short DraftKings into that because... Why in the hell is DraftKings going to be up tomorrow with all this bad news? So it goes all the way up to 38.85, and it was a gift. I shorted at 38.80, and I'm mean, you know me, I covered too soon. I went back down to low 38s, and I was like, okay, I'll take the money and run. So I've covered it already. Obviously, I should have held like Mr. Israel advised me, but I entered the trades always well. I exit too soon again. So you had two CNBC pumps that got this stock back above even on this news and, uh, that we know is going to be bearish for the stock tomorrow. 
So, and then obviously the stock has fallen off significantly there. So Joel, you're pointing out the fast money. You're, you're on the wrong candle again. Look well, no, at the hours. Forget about the pre-market. You're, on, you're in the pre-market. This all happened last time. Yeah, I'm trying. Candles. Take off. So where Joel wrote fast money is wrong. It's the candle right after. So these are, this all happened within an hour and a half. So you're looking at four consecutive candles. You can see the action. Okay. So actually, fast money, it's the next blue candle. So the two blue candles from last night were two CNBC pumps. CNBC okay. pump, the first one you have labeled correctly, it's the next blue candle. So you see a purple, purple, that next blue one, that's the Tim Seymour guy Adami pump. Okay. And they pumped it up. And obviously, okay. if you're buying on that pump, we love you, Tim Seymour. You come on our show, we love you. I think you were too early on that buy recommendation, though. So, <laughs> and that's why I faded it. So it comes down, and obviously, it's down significantly now. So that's the story from last night. You can get gifts sometimes on CNBC. The best gift I ever got, if you want to talk about CNBC gifts. I know what you're going to say. Okay, is when that, that, uh, that guy that had the oil tankers was on. The guy that had – oh, that was good too. Yeah, that was good too. But I'm, I'm, now I'm forgetting the other one. It'll come to me the other one. That was a good one too though, Joel. You made me forget which one I was going to. Oh, I'm but sorry. But anyway, sometimes, sometimes you get some gifts, sometimes you don't. I mean, that was a gift last night because this is gonna, obviously bad news for DraftKings. Is it going to bounce from here? And Tim Seymour – let's give Tim Seymour and Guy Dombey some credit. They're not talking day trades here. They're talking longer term. So they're saying they would buy the pullback in it. So they weren't saying we're going to day trade this and buy it last night. We're down $2. They're just saying they like the story overall. So they would still be buyers down here at thirty six ninety five. So they may end up being right. But that immediate pop is just shows you how much retail just follows whatever they say on fast money. And it was a gift because it was no way DraftKings was going to be up to date on all this bad news. And now DraftKings is down 5%. So that's how you can use CNBC to your advantage. And what about, I mean, Spencer, Penn. go ahead. Yeah, go you, ahead. we've also got a Penn Gaming, which I didn't mention, PNN. Yeah. Uh, the LCA, which is the SPAC that that I own that, that one. Has. It isn't as much like a pure play, but may trade in line with DraftKings to an extent. The one thing I just can't stop thinking about is like, you know, Dennis, you talk about scenario analysis all the time, right? Yes. If, if there is no season, then the broadcast revenue, the lack of broadcast revenue will be huge for a company like Fox. Like think about Fox. Fox, what, did, what didn't they sell to Disney? They did not sell their cable news, and they did not sell their network, right? Fox and Fox Sports. That's what they did not sell. They bet on cable news, and they bet on live sports. Now, take away half that equation. Take away live sports. You just got cable news. That Live sports is basically half their revenue. I mean, Fox, the Fox network is half their revenue, and the biggest revenue driver for that is live sports. Think about who gets, who gets the Super Bowl this year. CBS, okay? Biggest t- TV event of the year. See, that's CBS. We got, of course, ESPN. I just can't get that out of my head. I don't come into the, uh, to, to the show every day with, with convicted ideas, but I, I have one today. And but we, I, mean, you, I just you, don't think, and, my, and you can go here too, Joel, but I, I don't think they're going to cancel the seasons. So I think, I, think, I think Tim Seymour guy Dami eventually yeah. right here. I do think this buy is going to be, you know, I don't like want to buy on the day one because what if they did? DraftKings would really tank on that news. So we don't know how far these NBA protests right. and professional sports protests are going to go. I don't think they're going to cancel the season. It's just my thought process. That's why I think this is going to end up being a buying opportunity for DraftKings. Um, obviously, it was a shorting opportunity last night, and you're up 5% if you, you know, covered here right now. But what do you think, Joel? You think they can cancel this? I, I don't. I really don't know. I, yeah, nobody I mean, knows. There is so right. much going on right now. My my head is spinning. 
I mean, you know, the sport, you know, what's going on? Uh, I mean, I guess the COVID thing is like nothing now, right? But Nobody's what's going on? Yeah. And what's going on right now? I mean, what what I would like to see is what, you know, what's, what is their objective? You know, I mean, what, what change do they want to see? You know, they, I mean, you can stop playing. Yeah. And it's a good sign, but you know, where is all this going? We need a solution. And, you know, I, where's it coming from? Where, where's there any hope in this, of any of this being resolved anytime soon? So, I mean, if they come out, yeah. what are they going to do? Are they going to go stand on the picket line? They're no, they don't want to do that. What, I mean, I like the move. I just, what's the objective? Like, what's the outcome? Well, they, I have they, no they, idea. So that's the problem. That's the one of the things is they don't know. No one knows what the next steps are. No one knows if there's going to be, uh, if there's going to be a season, if there won't be a season. No, but no one has these answers. But yeah. my point was the fact that you even have to ask the question. And, and the fact that it yep. spread, it spread so quickly to other sports. It started off in the NBA at like 4.30. And yeah. by 7 p.m., it was at baseball. There were com- I saw tweets from, from NFL players. I mean, it spread like, like, like that. So, yeah. you know, take, take away <laughs> the live sports. Oh, and- no, because everyone will be able to bet on um, SEC and ACC football. Right. So oh. – that's why I texted Dennis last night and said, I, I said, take it home short. He didn't do that. And you were right. When you texted that it was over $38, I should have taken it home short. The scalper blood in me took the quick money and ran. But um, yeah, you were absolutely right. Sometimes we got to think a little bit longer picture. And obviously, you know, that picture here is still, the story is still playing out. And the one thing we have to consider here too is, you know, inevitably there's going to be another incident. I mean, there's so many police officers with so many interactions throughout the country um, inevitably there's going to be another incident and you know what happens then so it, it, it's you know it's scary um, it's right. a sad and, situation and obviously for, we we are I'm going to try to stay away from that conversation uh, yeah you know yeah I, but, I, I just mean that there, there there could you know we've had another incident happen again I mean yeah. inevitably eventually there's going to be some other incident yeah you know something's going to happen a police officer's going to make a wrong decision and do something that they shouldn't do So, you know, it's, it's, they obviously have to think very quickly and, you know, it's very sad, you know, this stuff happens, but I, I I would imagine eventually there's going to be another incident and maybe these protests escalate even more than that. So I don't think the end of the story is here, which would be to your thesis, Spencer, that, you know, maybe these protests do continue. Yeah. I mean, uh, how do we want to look at these stocks? Do we want to just look at potential support, resistance? Uh, I see Penn. Penn, Uh, Well, Penn's been on such a run. Maybe that's a good one to go to. I mean, this Penn has been an unbelievable mover. So could some money come out of it? But then again, you have the Portnoy, you know, love in here. Everybody loves Portnoy. You know, Jim Cramer talks about him every single day. I mean, it's it still got the Portnoy but love it, in there. It's probably going to be one of those stocks that gets bought on the dip. So could you get down to 50? Would you buy it at 50 if it came down there? Trends up. Trends today? Trend. Today? Well, I don't know where it's going. to. I'm saying eventually. I don't, when you, when you uh, get a number, who knows when it gets there. But I'm saying if it got to 50, I, I think I would be a buyer at 50. I don't know I think, if it's going to uh, get there today, tomorrow, or never. But if it got to 50, I think I would be a buyer. 
I think you got, I mean, it may get to 50, and I know you like to pick out round numbers like that, but the actual numbers say 51 because you had three lows between 50.94 and 51.30, these three lows here. So that that's the key. First time down there, when or if it ever gets there, it will bounce. If it breaches that level, you could see 45 in a heartbeat. 51's my number in pen. And I'd be I'd, a buyer of the pullback, but I'd I'd want more of a significant pullback. That's yeah. what I'll say. Yeah, that's not yeah. I don't I'm not saying it's going to fifty. People are saying it won't drop to fifty. Well, we don't know what it's say. going to do. I'm saying scenario analysis. This is what we set up all the time. People say, Oh, you said fifty, you think it's going to fifty. No. I'm saying if it went to fifty, I would be a buyer. I don't know if it's going to fifty, go to sixty. I don't know, but if it pulls back to fifty. I think I would be a buyer because that's where it broke out from in August. So that's all stock trading is setting up your scenarios ahead of time. And then if it happens, then you know what you're, you you wanted to do at this point and then you strike. So if it doesn't go to 50, I won't be a buyer. So I'll never make a trade. I won't lose any money because I'm not shorting it here. I mean, maybe I would have shorted it last night if I would have been thinking like Spencer Israel and been making a buck and a half this morning, but (laughs) comes back to 50. I, I think the trend is still your friend. I think you got the Portnoy 11 there, and I do think people will buy this dip if it ever get, got back down there. Maybe it could do it today. Maybe it could do it tomorrow. Maybe it do it next week. Maybe it never does it. Gets back to 50, I'd be a buyer. I, and I'd be a big seller if it got to 55. 54.97 yesterday's low, 55.20 the previous day's low. So once you, you, know, you have a move and then a consolidation, then it's you lose that, you know, the support overnight, 55. If you're, uh, you know, if you're long pen, long term, you want to see that thing get back, get to 55, get back over 55 and take out that old time high. With the news and everything that's going on, we'll have to see. I mean, they could, you know, they could come out and say, hey, we want A, B, and C, and we're going back on the court, and then, you know, some changes are made. But I don't see where, you know, I don't know what their directive is and I don't know how their directive is going to be played out. I'm glad to see they're doing it. I I thought about this a lot and there were some players, I think Kyrie Irving uh, said, hey, we're going to go back and play basketball after all this is going on. So there was some of this sentiment before. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Okay, so we talked the hurricane. We talked the NBA we, protests. We just talk Abbott. We just talk Abbott. Yeah, that's the third big story of the day. ABT. Um, so this I is a huge story. You know, I mentioned the headline from yeah. last night. They got the emergency youth authorization for their rapid COVID nineteen test. This is a five dollar, fifteen minute test, and they said they're ramping up production to fifty million tests per month. Headline broken the pro. And obviously came from the press releases and I was able to buy this just under 104, um, about three to four seconds. I'm fast about three to four seconds after the headline broke. Cause I was like, boom, that's a headline. It's going to move it. Um, the thing popped. I was in the trade for a total of 40 seconds. I looked at last night. I <laughs> sold at 107 and a half. So I made four points in 40 seconds. Obviously I had no idea it was going to go to 111, 112 or 115 last night or 116 last Holy night. Moly. I did not see that big of a move happening, but we know this market, the moves tend to, you know, go extended more than you think that they can. Um, obviously scalper blood got me there again. So I picked up a great entry and I should have held on for a little bit longer and I could have made some more money, but four trades in 40 seconds, I'll take it. Uh, thank you, Benzinga pro. And thank you. Press releases. A 111.63, it's up 8%. The easy money has been made in this thing. This is an all-time high, though. Again, just like CRM yesterday, I do not short stocks making new all-time highs because we know these things can just get silly. 
with that being said, if I was long this thing, which I was quickly, I'd be a seller. Oh boy, this thing, you know, yesterday when I, I looked at that CMN chart and I said, oh, someone really wants to own this at like 245 and they're not moving. And you know, I was hoping to get down to that level. And then boom, we didn't even see that. I think 250 was the low and they laughed in my 245 bid. But this chart is just setting up so beautiful here. If it got to 116 today, which I don't think it will, I have the palms out, man. That is so such a move. I it will not get to 116 today. I don't even think it might not even get over 114. This is a thick stock. A lot of people are coming in to sell this. On the downside, hold 110. You know, if you are so inclined to buy a thick, you know, heavily traded stock on a big move like this, 110 is support for right now. I want to want to have anything to do on the downside. I think I. For some reason, I look at this chart and I'm like, see this thing at like 106, 107 today. You know, holding on, having a nice day, but boy, oh boy, this is this is like a monthly move in Abbott, and it's happened overnight. So that's but we've that's seen. You know what the difference though? Like you think Gilead, you think you know Novavax, you think some of these that pop on the news. The difference is when Abbott Labs has announced these tests before, it actually has held on to the gains in, okay. in a lot of cases. So I I I. I I'm, I'm not shorting the stock for that reason. I Correct. think if this was Gilead, I'd actually try to short the stock. You know, if this was, was Remdesivir, data is good, Gilead's up 70%, I'd probably short it. This is a stock making new all-time highs, a stock that's loved. This test is going to be a game changer. I mean, saliva test, right, Spencer? Yeah, I mean, I mean just imagine the- Game changer. The ramifications of, you, you want get to on, get on this plane? Okay, yeah. here's yeah. a test. Here's a test. Yeah. Go I don't have to shove this Q-tip into your brain. Yeah. It's so and, much better. And go stand over there in the corner for 15 minutes and then come back. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, <laughs> um, convenience, right? So, uh, game changer. Uh, if we I think so, it, too. Uh, I think, I, I don't think you're getting back to 106, 107. I think if I pull back to 106 or 107, I may be a buyer even of it. Um, getting back to stock that I sold last night at 107 because I sold too early. <laughs> but, you know, just taking the time to think about it. And obviously last night, you know, you're reacting. That's a good headline. And then you're taking the quick money. And then, you know, you're looking at back in hindsight. You're like, yeah, that's a really good headline, you know, and you didn't price it enough. But, you know, you're trying to react in, you know, seconds here as a trader. And I analyze it now and I look at it now and I see, yeah, you know what? Maybe it does make sense that this is up eight bucks because this is a, a game changer this is going to be a test that's going to be mass produced everywhere, obviously. And, you know, this is implications for so many things. Like you said, going to a stadium, okay, they can do saliva tests. I mean, maybe this is the way we get our lives back to a certain extent, too. So this is a game changer. And I would be a buyer if it pulled back down in the 107, 108 area. I don't know if I'm buying up at a 111 because I hate chasing. But this could be one that could continue, too. It was 116 last night. Just going back uh, to the whole sports thing. Oh. Um, could just be another boon for horse racing. Oh, Churchill Downs, CHD. Yeah, I remember I, I had some bearish thoughts on that before, but now I'm looking at this thing. This is all new to an <laughs> all-time high. I mean, the horses can't protest, right? They're not. What are they going to do? They're not you know, not come out of their stall. So well, the jockeys can. The jockeys. Oh, we can. don't need them. We don't need them. Self-driving, self-driving <laughs> horses. Self-driving yeah. horses. We don't need them. <laughs> I guess, you guys I guess. we just got initial jobless claims and they're good they're uh, good i mean 
they were they were okay. I wouldn't say a million is good, but what are you going to do? Um, Market's uh, popping. Do economic matters? Do any numbers matter except the big jobs number on the on the first Friday of the month? That's the one that moves them. I mean, all these other economic numbers just seem to be noise. We move around a couple points, and then we just settle, dust settles. You know, we pop four or five points on this. They just pull it back anyways, probably. I, I mean, obviously, the market goes up long run because we know stocks only go higher, according to Portnoy and according to Kramer, according uh, at least to, lately. According but, to the market. <laughs> I, I, I just think the economic numbers, none of them matter. Like somebody, I had a Reuters reporter call me, call me this morning asked me what I thought about the jobless claims coming up. I was like, I didn't know the jobless claims coming up today because that's how much, that's how much, that's how much you know, I put into economic numbers now. I know the first Friday of the month is a jobs number and that's a market mover and all the other economic numbers are just noise. So what did they quote at? How, what kind of I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll look later and see if I get quoted on that. It's like, Twitter doesn't does care about economic numbers. Do you think the traders are looking here? and analyzing the economic reports and trying to decide if we're going to buy or sell. Nah, hell no, they're not. That's a, they're, they're welcome to 20 years ago. There's economic numbers. The economy is so disconnected from the market that it doesn't matter anyways. And you know what? I, I, I also said to the reporter this morning, I was like, they find the silver lining in everything. Even if the jobless claims are bad, they'll find a reason to buy them anyways. That's the way this market is. It wants to go higher. It will find the silver lining to take us higher anyway. So if you want to give us the jobless numbers, give us the jobless numbers, but I'll tell you they're meaningless. All right. Uh, well, it's funny because we never discussed them ever until March when we all of a sudden discussed every economic data point because they were it all- It mattered for a few weeks. Yeah, it mattered. Because the economy, because the, the jobless numbers were here hitting yeah. historical highs. Exactly, you're right. All right, 8.33, two minutes before we're going to bring on Craig Johnson. Let's just do real quick, let's just do Dollar Tree and Dollar General together here. They're both sure. reporting earnings. Uh, same story as usual in, in terms of how the stocks move. They both beat. And Dollar General also juiced up their buyback by $2 billion. Um, but a beat and beat for both companies here this morning. Uh, DG is, of course, the one that uh, the market favors for whatever. Why is that? Dollar General is so loved and Dollar Tree is so hated. Because when you look at the performance of these stocks the last two years, 2019, $100 Dollar General. Now it's $200. Dollar Tree in 2019, $100. Now, da-da-da, it's $100, $98. So in the last two years, Dollar Tree is flat. And Dollar General has doubled. I guess, you know what it must be is that Dollar General's in all these small towns, right, Joel? Like you go to these yeah, small towns, we... it's like the main grocery store because they do grocery. Is it the family dollar purchase that really, you know, made the difference here? Is maybe. that what it was? Maybe, maybe. Because I see the Dollar General just always outperforms. Even when you get a beat and a beat, they sell the Dollar Tree, but they buy the Dollar General. So anyways, Dollar General continues to be, and we know the leaders continue to lead in this market. The laggards continue to lag. So you could say, oh, Dollar Tree is eventually going to have a catch-up trade. But people have been saying that for two years and it hasn't worked. The catch-up trade just sucks. Uh, look at it. 98. Uh, boy, you find, found a buyer just under 98. You're at 98.85. I don't know if they're done yet. Um, under 98, you know, this thing like almost never holds its pre-market levels. So if you're looking at something below 98, I see two, three, four lows around 96. So that's what I'd be looking on the upside. 
if you know, if anyone picks this up, 96, 97, 98, then they see it triple digits. I think they'll they'll let it go just for shorter term trades. And then for DG Dollar General, the loved one, the loved uh, child. It made that <laughs> it made that new all time high <laughs> by a wide margin. It, it was well, it wasn't. I guess it was really loved on the initial number. Yeah. Yep. Now it's only yep. somewhat loved. Yep. To uh, to fourteen eighty nine, and then uh, if it pulls back, I don't know if it's going to pull back to the top. But yes, I doubt that. Who knows? These things, these things are probably the movers of movers. Uh, you're not too far. You can see yesterday's high, which was the all time high at two o four sixty six, and your close was right there at two o four o nine. So some early numbers for. DG, remember when we drove to that Michigan Notre Dame game and we Dollar just, Generals uh, in every small town? Yeah, we did. Southern Michigan, Dollar General, and every—that's the grocery store. Dollar General. True. This is true. All right, before I bring Craig on, I want to uh, say I want to see us get to over 300 likes today. We did it yesterday, or we came close to it. So I want to see us get there today. So hit that like button. We appreciate that. Uh, so our next guest now, I'll bring him on now, Craig Johnson. He's the managing director at Piper Sandler. He came on our show uh, twice, once in April. Once in May, he was bullish both times, made a pretty compelling argument, and uh, correct. Once you know it, he was right. Craig, good morning. I got my notebook out, Craig. <laughs> I got my notebook out. Okay. Sounds good. Right, I'm gonna. I'm going on mute right now. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good morning, Craig. Uh, yeah. So, has anything changed for you as far as your your overall thesis is, is concerned? Are you still bullish here? Yeah, we still remain bullish on this market. Again, we come back and reiterate our 3,600, you know, year-end price objective. I understand it's, uh, you know, three, four percent away from where we are right now. But I'll tell you, I think that that's going to be kind of the low number for the year. I see upside to that 3,600 number. When I go back through and I look at, uh, you know, the models that we've looked at for years, um, kind of our bottoms-up models on the market, and while people are really questioning this market, why it should go higher and concerned about the fundamental uh, picture of what's happening in this country, which I can understand why they are, stocks are sending us a very positive message. I mean, it's one of the key components of the LEI and uh, the, the S&P 500, that is, and it still continues to make a nice series of higher highs in here. So technically, the breadth of the market, when I look at the number of groups inside of our work, it continues to get stronger kind of week over week. The number of stocks and groups in our work that are in confirmed uptrends still continue to suggest that there's more upside. So despite all the fear, the concerns, and worry about the valuation argument, stocks are going higher. And they're going higher for two reasons. Number one, it's Tina. Where else are you going to put your money to work in the world right now? It's certainly not going to be in Europe. It's dominated by banks and industrials and just got off a call earlier from clients over there this morning and, you know, they want to be in the U.S. where the growth is at. And the second reason is there's been so much fear in this market with what's been happening in the U.S. that there's around $4 trillion in cash sitting in money market funds. That's up 2x from where you were in July of 2018. Wow. And with the market now making new highs, yeah. people have remorse that they have not been invested in this market and now they're going to put their money to work so they're late but they're still going to do it is the bottom line that that all-time highs just generally beget more all-time highs the best way to remove fear remove concerns and those things guys like ralph akapora would tell you it's new highs and i agree the veterans will tell you new highs 
clear a lot of the psychology and a lot of the, the, the worry out of things when you make the new highs. And that's exactly what we're doing. Now, to be clear, the Russell has not made a new high. The NASDAQ, you're up 20 some percent year to date, but the Russell is lagging. And the Russell is lagging because it's dominated by financials. And the financials right now are struggling because we're not seeing any sort of movement in the long end of the curve and your two to 10 spread or the net interest margin for these banks still remains fairly narrow. And, uh, and when that starts to improve and the financials engage, that's when you're gonna see this market start to rotate from growth to value to a degree. And you'll start to see the Russell work and the financials work. I, I can understand why people are concerned uh especially around tech here, because if you think about the technology and, and what's led the way, it was the best performing um, area of the market uh, for the last decade, more or less. So it, it outperformed leading into a crisis. It outperformed in the crisis. And now it's outperforming as we are hopefully coming out of the crisis. Uh, and I don't know if that's ever happened before, where the same area of the market has just outperformed before, during, and, and after a crisis. Right? So you can understand the, the, the trepidation for tech, right? I understand that to a degree, but if you think about where the growth and innovation is taking place, it's really in technology. It's also in biotech. And if you take Apple as an example, um, I actually created a chart and I'm happy to share it with you guys. Oh, you can please. send it out to people. Let's go, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can uh, fire that up. Give me one second. And I guess what I would say is when I go back and I look at what the technology leader is, and uh, can I share my desktop with you guys? Yeah, yes, uh, you, you, can. Can, you, know, you can click that share screen share button screen. and you can share whatever desktop or program you have open. So take a look at this chart right here. Can you yeah. see that on the screen? Yes, we, yes, I can. There was a little company back in the 1920s called Radio Corporation of America. And by the way, let me just give all of your listeners a shout out to a gentleman by the name of Ron Grease. He runs a place called The Chart Store. He created this chart for me. He's a great friend of mine and a, and a terrific technician. I call him the Chartmeister. And uh, we went back, and actually he went back to the 1920s to 1940s, and he created a chart of RCA. And I said, Ron, can you overlay a current chart base 100 with Apple? And we know that back there in the 1920s, that was the technology leadership company of the day. And if we lay these things base 100 on top of each other, I would tell you that Apple is not done. We're not at some sort of extreme the way you were with Radio Corp of America with Apple today. And you look at this and you look at a point and figure chart, you could see Apple at about a $772 sort of price objective wow. on a point and figure chart. And again, I gotta tell you guys, everybody looked at Apple at a 1 trillion market cap and said it was inconceivable that it could get to a 2 trillion market cap I look at what history says and what Apple's doing today, I would tell you that I would not rule out, I would not rule out this being a $4 trillion market Whoa. cap before it's all said and done, okay? Well, I, I, mean, I don't think anyone could have seen Apple going from one to two trillion in a matter of months. months. Yeah. Uh, Did it in months. months. Um, Craig, but just like going short term here though like uh, how do you think about how apple and tesla and have have behaved as as they head into what is essentially a a an administrative event the stock split right so stock splits again this gets the retail crowd sort of whipped up okay i can buy it again 
But at the end of the day, anybody that's been in this business for a while is going to look at this and say, a stock split is immaterial. Okay. All we've done is divide out the shares, divide out the earnings. There is no economic value for having a stock split and seeing some of these stocks move up the way they have on a stock split announcement really doesn't make any sort of sense. You know, putting on my CMT hat or my CFA hat, I, I think it's just going to be sort of a short-term excitement and you'll eventually see that faded. But you'd be a buyer, it sounds like, of any pullback in Apple that you got if, you know, this this split trade comes off. It sounds like you're still going to stay on the bull train with Apple. Correct. And, you know, we bought Apple originally uh, back in the fall of 2018. And one of the things that I have a hard rule on is if we own something in our model portfolio for Piper Sandler and it doubles and it goes to 4%, I have to cut it in half. Well, I've had to do that in the last few weeks. Um, but yes, I would still be a buyer. I still in a position in it. And I still think that the 5G handset rollout when it comes, I think is going to be an amazing technological advance. And I think a lot of people are going to be upgrading their handsets at that point in time. But after that, let's see where this thing goes. I'll be curious to see what their next level of innovation is coming. And after that rollout, maybe 12 months from now, maybe we're looking at RCA type uh, sort of extremes. We'll see. Craig, that's an interesting rule, and I just want to go further into that. I know Kramer is always one that says that as well. Stock doubles, take half your money out, and you're playing with completely with the house's money. Is that kind of the idea behind it, or why, why do you have that hard rule when a stock doubles sell half? So when we're running a portfolio, I don't want to have – I want to have a diversified portfolio. And if – excuse me, if, if I start seeing stocks become – five, six, seven percent, I don't really create the diversification that I should be creating. If I'm picking the right stocks and the stocks that are relatively outperforming, I can still outperform but not take on as much risk by having a single stock position of five, six, seven-ish type percent. That's the rationale for it and it provides a bit of a discipline for us. We're on the line with Craig Johnson, Managing Director, Technical Market Strategist for Piper Sandler. Uh, Craig, I just want to talk to you. Um, you mentioned a lot of different stops. You were, you were you know, bullish in many different sectors. Uh, one that really hasn't played out yet, and I just want to get your, you know, your long-term, that, you know, the airlines, the cruise lines, Disney's made its comeback. Uh, what about these travel, leisure stocks, hotel stocks? Where, are, you, they just, are they just give you a chance just to buy low and they're going to explode? Or if they haven't left it now, they're not going? Well, I mean, I come back and I think about, you know, the Delta Airlines and some of these stocks in the world, and I put that up on the screen. You know, they've sort of come back in and they've been consolidating here below their declining two. Wait, Craig, grab your screen back because I, I, I took it back from you. So just oh, sorry about that. Reshare your chart there for a second so we can was, see. Okay, perfect. Talking about. There we go. All right. So if you look at the chart of Delta Airlines, uh, is that back up on the screen now, guys? Yep. I see. I see something. I see a chart. Yeah, we got it. Okay, perfect. So when I look at something like a Delta Airlines, yeah, I mean, this, this coronavirus is taking a longer time uh, to sort of, it's still, it's still a factor. It's still a drag for the entire leisure industry at this point in time. Um, having recently taken a trip with my son down to, uh, to Key West, there was nobody on the airline whatsoever. The hotel we stayed at, which was a Hilton down there, because I like to get the points. Um, there was, uh, you know, a third full at that point in time. So I continue to see that there's a lot of trepidation among individuals. And I think right now a lot of businesses are starting to figure out that 
wow, I don't have to have my employees out of the office flying on airplanes to still get business done. You look at some of the numbers that are getting printed by companies that are now reporting, they're pretty solid at this point in time. So I think it's going to take more time for this group. It's still working. I think the recovery is still underway, but it's taken a lot longer to deal with the coronavirus. And I think even I anticipated as I was looking at this uh, market in say March, April, and May, it, it's probably going to continue to be a slow travel period into maybe mid 2001. And just before we let you go, um, you know, you've laid out this bullish scenario for us. There's, there's other, you know, fundamental things going on. Uh, you know, we have the election coming up. Um, we have, you know, major social unrest that we probably have never seen in our country before in a long time. Uh, seems that we're dealing with the COVID crisis, uh, you know, very well. Now there's the threat of uh, perhaps sports being canceled. Does that, in, in, you know, throwing out all the charts that you look at, does any one of those four things alter your fundamental outlook on the market? Well, first off, throwing sports out and seeing the NBA shut down. Um, I guess I'm not going to shed a tear over that. I mean, me personally. Um, so, uh, so be it. Um, if you're going to see, you know, baseball continue to play out the way it is, I'm glad they're playing and those kind of things. Um, but from my perspective, that's not going to alter my fundamental perspective on this market because I'm looking at charts, I'm looking at prices. Now, you mentioned the election, okay? And I put up on the screen if you guys can see this, but if yeah, I take it's a... Small, it's a little small. Can you blow it up? Can you zoom yeah, in? I'll see, see if I can make it a little yeah. bit bigger for you. How's that? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, a little better. Okay, so what this is, is we've had a model where we kind of look back, or I should say a historical analysis more so than a model, but when the Dow Jones Industrial Average is positive through August, September, and October, right ahead of the election, 80% of the time, the incumbent president, or incumbent party, I should say, is reelected, 80% of the time. Republican, Democrat, whatever. So I'm not picking sides here for either way, but if I want to shut off the media and I want to shut off the news and all these slanted perspectives on these things and just look at something that has had an 80% accuracy level, this would be it. And right now with the Dow up between six and 7% so far uh, through August and we got two months left to go, it would suggest that the current administration is going to get voted back into the office regardless of what the polls have to say right now. And, and by the way, living in Minneapolis, I think there's a lot of people that are sort of quietly sort of frustrated with um, uh, some of the policies here in Minneapolis when there was a 500 person riot last night outside of our building. Mm. I think they're gonna be looking at an election that could be looking like 1968 and the population sort of votes for security. Silent majority then. All right. Craig Johnson is the managing director and technical market strategist at Piper Sandler, uh, giving us some good insight as always. Craig, we appreciate your time and uh, we appreciate your charts and, and stay safe and, uh, and, and good luck. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, right. Craig. Thanks, Craig. Great. Great right. analysis. Uh, great, right. great stuff as always from Craig. We've got 10 minutes. I want to get to some tickers from the chat. If you have oh. anything on your radar, drop them in. We will try our best to get to all of them. I'll just kick things off with uh, one here. Abercrombie and Fitch, A&F, Dennis. This would seem to be like a classic sell the rip opportunity. They had earnings this morning. They 
by some miracle, made money last quarter. Earnings per share of 23 cents versus an estimate that they would lose 83 cents per share. Sales of almost $700 million, which will also beat. So I don't know about A&F here, but it uh, seemed to be like a seller rip. I'm so, I don't know if it is because I'm scared. Okay. In, there are some retail anomalies where, going you know, on right now. where, where oh, no. they have actually – come out with decent numbers i mean you also have the potential for a short squeeze in here because i believe the anf uh short interest is quite high it's over 20 percent, i believe um yes it it was it was decent numbers they've pulled back from the highs they had the whipsaw move up over 13 which was probably overdone but now you're finding some stabilization in this 12 area uh i'd be cautious just thinking this is going to give it all back because these were pretty good numbers from expectations that were not good so could this pull an Al Brands? You know, I haven't understood the Al Brands move here for the last two months, but you can't argue with it. Mr. Al Conan, we're going to ask your opinion. Because yeah, yeah. I, I kind of think this is one that could actually continue the move. Yeah, and it, it's just been a dog, you know, like that that Al Brands. And, you know, when it was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, oh, it can't go to 15. Oh, then it can't go to 20. Oh, then it can't go to 25. So, you know, just moving some money around, you know, Maybe people are going to – maybe it'll be a trade. You know, maybe they'll run this – these things, the way that these other retailers, the way the L Brands has kind of gotten off the mat here, um, I'm siding with you on this one. You did get up over 13. You dipped under 12. Uh, you see that bar right there, 1180 to 12. Looks like yeah. potential buy zone. Yeah, I mean, I the top so of yesterday's range, if I got to look at that, 1157. I mean, get a little gap fill. So – I don't know. It's just, just such a momentum market here. What's there to say that, you know, this thing's not going to trade a trillion shares and, you know, be up crazy on the day. It, it, could big, trade, it can yeah. trade some size and, you know, there is a potential to squeeze them a little bit more. And this was an okay report. So you're going to have fundamental traders that are like, oh, I didn't expect that from Abercrombie and Fetch. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I should cover in the short. So I think this hold on to the gains. Just, it's just an opinion. I, I have no trade in it. Maybe I'm going to try it from the long side at the open. We'll see. But at this point in time, I, I wouldn't just necessarily think you, know, you, sell, you sell it. Um, it's pulled back from the highs already. Obviously, if you, could, you got out in the spike of 13, good job. But it's consolidating here. And I wouldn't say this necessarily gives it all back. All right, to the chat, I saw someone mention uh, Sunpower, SPWR. They are doing a spinoff this morning. That spinoff was announced uh, last last fall, I believe. They're spinning off uh, Maxion. And How, so, what's the symbol of Maxion? Do we have it? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I, I should. I apologize. M-A-X- um, M-A-X-E. I guessed it. Isn't that I guess the symbol? I, I just typed in MAXN first shot and I got Maxion. There we go. So that is why your sun power looks like it's it's a massive. I know. I was like, what am I doing to my sun power? I'm long sun power. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm down four bucks. What happened to sun power? Oh, no, no, no. It's not really So you're actually up two bucks. Not really. Because the adjusted price, the adjusted close on SPWR, I have, if this is correct, on my platform, I have an adjusted close of $8.91. So it actually is up 22% this morning then after the spinoff. If that adjusted close is correct, I haven't verified that number. And sometimes these platforms can get the adjusted closes messed up. But yeah, so you get a spinoff. So I guess I'm a SunPower owner now and a Maxion owner now. I'll have to check and make sure I get my Maxion shares. Yes, you but um, yeah, so anyways, SunPower has been a good one. I bought this back at seven bucks. This was one that, um, you know, I, I, I like the solar story. I, I kind of like this story as well. And it's it's performed. I mean, 
at this prices, you know, if we consider the Maxion, I'm almost a double from, you know, I'm buying this back in the summer. So, or in the spring, actually. So I, I'm, I'm going to hold on to it, though. Pass. Okay. <laughs> With these uh, splits, these sometimes. adjusted things, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... It gets confusing. Yeah, uh, yeah. To the chat, I go. Uh, if it is up two bucks here this morning, I had on for a trade. I had this on my long-term portfolio. You know me; I'd probably ring the register, but <laughs> long-term, so I'm gonna try to hold. All right, F L I R Fleur Systems. Oh, uh, dog of dogs! I own this stock in my long-term portfolio. It has been just awful. Um, I'm in from like 40 or 41. Every time it bounces, just finds more sellers. I don't see any reason to get excited about this. Talking against my buck. I should just cut the loss on this one and move on. Uh, it's down 70 cents here on 200 That's all shares. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, really yeah, down. Yeah, that's yeah, just an odd yeah, lot. Yeah, it had an okay candle yesterday, but uh, stock is just... I, I mean... Don't 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 throw don't throw it out yet, Dennis. Don't don't throw you, it out you, here. Where, how where where is my out on this thing? I don't know. So where it's, should I get out of this and finally say it's the pretty close. Systems trade is over. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to help you out here. Come on, Trent. Come on. Oh, I just thought good. eventually it would get hot because this is the infrared you know cameras that we're going to use to get into sporting events and stuff. I mean, they they do all that stuff. So I kind of thought eventually this story would get hot again. I played it once and I played it really well. I bought it from 38 and I wrote it up to 45 and I sold it up at 45 or 46. Well, it came back down the 39 area and I was like, okay, I'm going to rebuy the shares I sold. And I actually was up in it for a bet, but then the good earnings report came out and they sold it on the good earnings and it has not been able to recover since. So maybe it's, it eventually turns around, but this has been a dog. I keep 35 and a half on, you know, keep an eye on that long, long term, you know, 35 to 35 and a half. Uh, you had that spike down right to right that $35 area. Four lows in the same area. So it closed off it a little bit. So you have a major area of support. So maybe you might get like the undercut, you know, like run it to 34.84. You know, like, oh, I'm out. 35 and a half is gone and then take it back up. But I think longer term, I'd really keep an eye. Let's just call it 35 and a quarter. Uh, that splits all those lows. So, I mean, it's trying to form support here. I mean, look what it did here. You know, it had four lows in the same area and then had a move up. So it's trying to find support. I'll, right. I'll leave it at that. Chat reminding us we have neglected to mention the fact that Jerome Powell was speaking at 9, 10 Eastern time this morning. Uh, That'd be at, a good time at, to at, uh, be away from the screen. Jackson Hole event. Do either of you have any, I doubt either of you have an opinion. Uh, um, What's he going to say? I mean, it's the we'll same about, story. We'll we, know, we know the Fed's got the market. So, the, okay, the one concern, I guess, is the market's at all-time high. So can he get a little more conservative, you know, on you know, defending the market here? But we know, I mean, this is, the, this is the whole thing. The market's got the Fed put in its back pocket. The market goes to tank. We know the Fed's going to back up the market. So that's why, you know, money managers continue to flood into stocks and the risk assets because they're like, uh, heads I win, tails I win. If the market starts to go down, well, the Fed's is going to come out and defend the market anyways and drive it higher. So it's so tough to be bearish, especially when stocks are making new all-time highs. Could, you know, something he say spook the market short term? Could we get a little pullback? It's down. possible. Yeah. You know, it's possible. But at the same time, any type of significant pullback gets bought because we know the Fed will have the markets back. Yeah, uh, I mean, these days are tough. You know, he said something. And also, did he do, like... When was this? This was a month and a half, two months ago. He said something on one day that was like, oh, boy, we're in trouble. And then he goes on 60 Minutes 
and he does a, a 360. So, you know, it's Fed speak, you know, stay with, stay with your trading plan and days like this, you know, I'll, you know, there's going to be spikes up and down. The really only thing you need to worry about or not worry about or think about is uh, the high in the S&P from yesterday was 81. We went to 80.50 today. If there's ever turn on the upside or downsides, sometimes they matriculate from a double bottom or a double top. I am not calling this a double top until, you know, unless that high holds up for today. Hard, hard uh, uh, could exactly. you know talk inflation? I mean, inflation's a concern for this market too. There's no doubt that eventually, with as much money as been printed, eventually inflation is going to start to become an issue. How does the Fed fight inflation? That's a whole another can of worms because they know you start raising interest rates, it starts to cripple the economy. So it is going to be the issue going forward. There will be inflation eventually coming. I believe there already is inflation already coming. I mean, I can see my the housing, you know, my build price, because I'm trying to build a house. And then the quote is so much higher because lumber is up so much. I mean, there is already stuff that is obviously getting inflated. Is your loaf of bread higher than it was yesterday? Maybe not. But inflation eventually, I think, does become an issue. But I don't think that issue is today. All right. Uh, I'm seeing all these tickers in our chat and I'm writing them, writing them down so that Joel and I will cover them at the, uh, the 340 broadcast, which again, you can find on our YouTube channel, same place, youtube.com slash TV. You can catch the full arca, uh, archives uh, of our show uh, on YouTube or on any podcast platform that you use. So that's iTunes, Spotify, Google, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. I think I got all of them. Uh, in the description of our video is also a link to our Shopify store and uh, upcoming Benzinga events and to Benzinga Pro. So check those out. We are almost at 300 likes. It would make my day if we got there. Joel, like it. For crying out loud. Like it. Uh, I, I want to thank our guest today, Eric Johnson. Thanks to all of you in of our in our chats, all three of them. There's the YouTube chat, there's the Benzinga Pro chat, and there's the pre-market uh, chat as well on benzinga.com slash pre-market dash prep. Uh, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as, hey, we got to 300, uh, meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Um, that's it for us, I think. So we talked Hurricane, we talk Sports Trade, we talk Abbott, Dollar Tree, Dollar General. Uh, I think that was a pretty- We even talked Powell. We even talked Powell. <laughs> Look at that. All right, everyone have a great rest of your day. Joel and I will be back at 3.40 p.m. Have a good one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.